This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio for the next few hours. Unnecessary Roughness. My man Ari behind the wheels of steel. Of course, your boy Q holding it down. And we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. And, of course, we're locked and loaded. Have a very busy show today, as you would expect. And it's so funny to walk into the studio and realize how much of a busy show we have, knowing it's the offseason, knowing it's a little bit slow time of year. But when you're talking about the NFL it's not really a slow time of year. There's always something popping up that we're going to hear about. There's going to be some kind of headline, some news story that's going to go on that's going to be NFL-related, and that's how they keep themselves in the headlines. That's how they keep themselves active all year long. They've done a fantastic job with that, and today we heard a couple pieces of news. One, Rob Gronkowski retires again. Probably going to see him back on the field sooner rather than later. I'm expecting as soon as training camp's over, Tom Brady's going to pick up the phone and say, Hey, Gronk, I need you, dude. And be like, well, uh, well Tom, uh, uh, all right, okay, I'll be right there, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I can totally see him kind of laughing and joking and, you know, probably having a couple beers in his hand while he's talking to him. Like, all right, I'll be right there. And then he shows up because that's what, well, that's kind of what Gronk does. He retired one time and you saw he came back another time. And then earlier in the day, we heard the news about Deshaun Watson, who suddenly has uh, agreed and, 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 and taken care of 20 out of the 24 civil suits. That was fast. I like to use the term quick, fast, and in a hurry. That's exactly what that was. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. And he had the opportunity last year, right before the trade deadline, to basically get everything knocked out as well. And he got close, but he wasn't able to get all the, all the, uh, all the civil suits taken care of and, and come to an agreement on. And uh, so it didn't happen. And so he didn't end up being a Miami Dolphin. But remember, there was a time, and I'm glad that we have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on the show today. There was a time where Deshaun Watson said, I'm not going to settle any of these suits because I want to clear my name. I don't want to settle anything because I'm going to clear my name. Remember, there was a time when he said that. I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just delivering the message. I'm like the weatherman. Like my barber says, don't shoot me. I'm the, just the weatherman. He said he's not going to settle because he's going to clear his name. Well, he settled real hmm. quick, fast, and hurry. So I have an idea, a stinking belief, that uh, the Cleveland Browns, who just gave him $230 million guaranteed, uh, had a little bit of pressure behind him saying, hey, dude. Hurry up and get these settled. We need to hurry up and, and move on from this. The quicker you get this settled, the quicker you can get your suspension over with, the quicker you can get back on the field, and people will start to forget about this stuff. You start throwing some touchdown passes, everyone's going to forget about it. But there's still four. So we do have John McClain today. We're blessed to have him on the show, so we'll talk to him. All things Deshaun Watson, plus we'll dibble and dabble around the NFL with him. But before we get to that, we'll have Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He'll be on the show to talk about Indomitian Sue because, again, for the second day in a row, he's been on ESPN going through the car wash. NFL Live he was on. He's been on multiple shows. He was on with Sage Steele. And, uh, of course, the Raiders came up again. As a matter of fact, here it is. Hey, that Twitter thing, you've been having fun on it. So let's just, let's just talk about that right off the bat here. Yesterday, Adam Schefter tweeted your quote from NFL Live, right, saying, it looks like the Bucks are out of the picture. That's, that's what you said. And then, of course, uh, Sue did say that you'd like to continue playing. And then what'd you do? You retweeted it. Raiders could be fun. 
that was today. That was just this morning. So there's been a lot of talk, funny though, about you with the Raiders for a long time, and your your retweet was hard to miss. Yep. You guys are smart. That was intentional. So so are you and your representatives in any talks right now with Las Vegas? Uh, there's always talks. Uh, I've been going on for a little bit, and I always have interest. And Las Vegas is a great city. Uh, I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, but the Raiders, uh, I've actually been courted by them in the previous and the past free agencies. So the team that I've always had an eye on, and uh, they got some great talent, uh, Mason Crosby and a handful of other guys. It would be very interesting to see about an opportunity there. So you're talking as we speak <laughs> with the Raiders. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to give any secrets out. Why, why, why would it be fun to go there? That was your word. Yeah, fun. Close to home. Uh, it's a quick flight from Portland, Oregon, where i born and raised and train every day in the offseason at Nike's headquarters. So. Mm-hmm. Family could get there close, and then obviously just an opportunity to win. So there's Nadamika Sue earlier. He was on with uh, Sage Steele. I'm not a big Sage Steele person, but she had uh, she had a nice little back and forth with him, and he shouted out Mason Crosby. I guess he's talking about the kicker. Maybe not Max Crosby. <laughs> it's Sidney Crosby on the hockey thing we were talking about. Right. Me. Mason Crosby is the kicker. Ah, okay. So there you right. go. But I don't think he was talking about Sidney Crosby. I don't think he was talking about Mason Crosby. I don't think he was talking about any kind of Crosby except for Max Crosby. That's who I Max. think that he was talking about. But, of course, that got everybody going and uh, got everybody hot and bothered, especially that tweet. I saw a tweet this morning uh, talking about the Raiders could be fun, and all I did is quote tweeted and said, just adding fuel to the fire. That's all you're doing is adding fuel to the fire. And, look, I don't believe that he's going to be a Raider unless his asking price comes down. I think that and we talked about it yesterday you know, on the show as well. I think that he's probably asking for a large amount of money, and I don't think the Raiders are going to be willing to give him that. That's just me. That's just my gut feeling. Again, and and what I pointed out yesterday on the show, this new regime has not been one that just will throw money at anybody. They'll throw the money at the ones that they need to throw the money at. They'll throw the money at the Devontae Adams. They'll give the bag to Max Crosby. They'll give the deal to Hunter Renfro. They'll take care of Derek Carr. But they're not just throwing the money at anybody. Just because you're a hell of a player at one point, we're a hell of a player. You're not just going to throw. I mean, because in that case, J.C. Jackson would be a Raider. Bottom line, in my opinion, and I don't know this. I don't have any sources inside the building, none of that (laughs) stuff. But if they were just going to willing to throw money at somebody, J.C. Jackson would be a Raider, in my opinion. I mean, he's also 35. Right, exactly. And and he's had, what, three one-year deals the last couple years or whatever. So you don't expect him to get a big deal, but I do expect him to probably ask for you know, eight to ten million dollars, because why not? You don't know how many more of these deals you can get. You know, I was always told, ask, ask for the, uh, ask for the stars, you might get the moon. You know what I mean? Like you, exactly. you never know. You know, so you got to try to do what you can do. And I'm not very good at that, by the way. I'm not very good at, uh, at asking for too much, and then you know, I always end up just kind of taking that for. I always say I'd be a terrible free agent. You I don't. Yeah, I'm not good at that. You know what I mean? Like if someone comes at me, I guess because I've been broke my whole life. So if someone came at me with a, a little bit of money that sounded good. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take it without yeah. thinking about it. Some people are like, are you sure? That's not really enough. I, I don't know if I, I think we should get paid a little bit more. Sometimes it's a weird disconnect too, depending on your industry or what you're in. Like there's a lot of like standard. You, right. This is how it works, but it's right. really not how it Just works. Just take it. Just take this and like it. Right. When I, I'll tell a super quick story. Go for it. When I first started making music, I had no business really making any prop. At that point, right. I should have just been like, like we say, you know, pay your dues and grind it out. Yeah. Um, someone offered me, they, they offered me a thousand dollars for this beat. And I will tell you like moving fast forward, like years later, I'd never seen still 
that kind of money for one beat. <laughs> right. And everyone around me, like the people that didn't know any better, they right. were like, no, 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 you got to get more. You got to tell them it's limited, whatever. Yeah. And I didn't even make, I, he offered like I, at some point, I think it was, I'm sorry, I had that backwards. It was 400 he offered me. They were telling me I got to get 1,000. Okay, I got you. They were 100% wrong, I'm telling you. I, I'm, <laughs> it was really dumb. Right, so I got you. You got to listen, but you also have to take it with a grain Sometimes of salt. Sometimes you just got to figure out what works for you, right? Hey, you exactly. know what? I'll take it and I'll roll with the punches. So, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know what he's going to be asking for or what you know he has in mind. But uh, Tyler Dragon from USA Today is a good friend of mine. He's been uh, on the beat and he's been talking about the fact that the Raiders and the Vikings have both had uh, mutual uh, interest in, in, in Sue and also multiple conversations with Sue. So we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. I know Vinny Bonsignor, who's on the morning tail. Also from the Review Journal, he's put out a really good piece. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN's put out a really good piece. I mean, right now, as far as Raider Nation goes, Sue is the hot topic. I mean, it's just bottom line. That's the hottest topic right now. I know Darren Waller and his uh, his contract situation is a conversation as well. But I think right now, Sue is top of mind for everybody. And it's just and, and that's just what it is, you know. And so uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. We'll at least get some more information of it coming up at 2.30 with Tyler Dragon. Then at 3 o'clock, I mentioned already, John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us for his normal Tuesday uh, his normal Tuesday hit with us, and he'll talk all things NFL. And of course, we'll lead off with Deshaun Watson and where he thinks that this situation is going to go. And if we're going to at some point, sometime soon, actually hear about a suspension that comes down from the league because there's no doubt about it, there's going to be a suspension. And one question that I have for him, I've seen rumblings, and I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter as well, but there's rumblings that the NFLPA is going to try to use the lack of punishment against Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, as defense for Deshaun Watson, why he shouldn't be suspended as much, which is interesting because I don't remember Robert Kraft getting any kind of uh, punishment for his uh, massage parlor type uh, activities that he was going through. So... Just going to throw it out there. So I'm going to ask because that's what uh, I've seen as far as one of the defenses that they're going to use, uh, the NFLPA, that is, in trying to get Deshaun Watson uh, clear from that situation, try to get his suspension, if not you know, reduced to zero, at least to reduce to minimal games. So we'll talk to John coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Adam Hill from the Review Journal and also ESPN Las Vegas, part of Cofield and Company. I wanted to have him on because of the piece that he put out. And Ari, we, we looked at the piece yesterday a little bit, uh, but he was actually on Cofield and Company yesterday, so we couldn't get him on the show. He put out a piece in the RJ, Raiders value expected to soar after Broncos record sale. And the, the Broncos just sold the other day, not too long ago, for like, what, $4.5 billion or something? I mean, it was, it was some ridiculous amount of money, right? And I knew immediately when a team sells and a team is worth that kind of money, every other franchise in the league, for the most part, is going to go up as well. You know, the value of team, other teams are going to go up. Well, the Raiders have a lot of things to like with what they have going on with now being in Las Vegas. Their, their value for the organization has continued to rise and rise and rise since they made the trip to Vegas. They have Allegiant Stadium. They have the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. They are obviously are an iconic brand. So there's a lot to like. Adam's going to explain why that's so important because some will just look at it and say, okay, well, what is fans? What do we care that, you know, the team is worth more money? We're not selling the team and Mark Davis ain't selling the team either. And let's make no mistake about it. Nobody's trying to imply that Mark Davis is thinking about selling the team. That is not what the point of the conversation or the piece that Adam Hill put out, but it does have a lot of good points to it, a lot of good things. So Adam Hill will explain exactly what he means in that piece that he wrote. And uh, I, I was listening to him actually explain it yesterday on Cofield and Company. I was just fascinated. It was great. It was really good research that he did and a really great piece that he put out. So uh, we'll, we'll catch up with Adam Hill coming up at 3.30. And at 4 o'clock, Paloma Villacana. 
Fox 5 Sports. She joins the show. Uh, she'll hit us with her normal Tuesday hit, talking all things LV Aces. They're in action again tonight against the Chicago Sky, the defending WNBA champions. They beat them the first time that they played them. They're going to have to try to beat them again. They squeaked out a victory on Father's Day at the Michelob Ultra Arena, and now they're uh, hosting another one tonight right there. So uh, we'll kind of get the update on the team. Uh, Asia Wilson, she's Western Conference Player of the Week again. I mean, if you don't just hand her the MVP trophy at this point, I don't know what you're doing. What are we waiting for? Right? I mean, I know you don't give that trophy out right now, and a lot of things can still happen between now and the end of the season, but can they? (laughs) Can they really? Can a lot of things still happen? I mean, she is outplaying everybody, and the team is fantastic. So it's not like I'm I'm saying, oh, this scrub just turned into a great player because, look, she's a defending – she's been an MVP before. She's a hell of a player. We all know what Asia Wilson brings to the table. But, man, this year under Becky Hammond – not only is Asia Wilson playing at a higher level, the whole team. They've had two losses, Ari. Two it's losses. incredible. Jackie Young, too, all of a sudden now. Like, yeah. all that uh, hype for her being the first round, or first pick, I should say. Yep. She's definitely own, owning that now. Yeah, absolutely. Chelsea Gray is playing fantastic. Kelsey, not coming off the bench. She was so angry yeah, last year coming too. off the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of adjustments. And by the way, uh, Kelsey Plum... Disappointed the wife a little bit when she uh, when, when the pictures of her and Darren Waller uh, hit the internet. <laughs> the wife's a big Darren Wait, Waller fan. It, okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah. She's a, she's as I am a big J Lo fan. She's a big Darren Waller fan. So <laughs> I, right. I told her the other day. I said, Yeah, you know, there's a there's a picture of Darren Waller and Kelsey Plum floating around the internet together. She's like, Shut up, shut up. <laughs> He's hating. Yeah, <laughs> she was she was hating, and then she saw the picture and she goes, Oh, they're cute together. Oh. So you know, she she took the. She took the woman's approach to it. Now, she me, I'm man. just, yeah, yeah, to, to, well, yeah, but to me, it's like, hey, J-Lo, J-Lo don't know what she's missing out on. You know what I mean? I'm right here. Right. I'm right here, J-Lo. You like to come to Vegas. Oh, the phone line's used to have her. Used to have a residency. <laughs> <laughs> come on through. I got your back. Got a radio show we'll throw you on. Got a couple of options. We can uh, see about booking her for the show. There you the go. We'll get her on. I'm on a queue. No, we'll, hey, man, handle, yeah, do something good for your country, man. Hook me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Help a brother out. So uh, those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Tyler Dragon at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Adam Hill at 3.30, Paloma Villacana will close things out at 4 o'clock. And, of course, we're rocking till 5 o'clock. Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So now that you know the guests coming up on the show today, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, I saw, t- well, I have two different subjects that I want to bring to the table, a couple different questions I want to throw out there. One was courtesy of Ari, something he saw on Twitter earlier today, and that was from Ryan Clark. And I, I'm a big Ryan Clark guy. I like Ryan Clark a lot. I really do. I think that what he brings to the table on ESPN is is fantastic. I, I just think that he just... He, he, he gets it. You know, he understands it. He speaks the language. He's just one of those guys that you could relate to. Well, he put out a tweet earlier today that just, I mean, it, it has no doubt about it. What would you say? Oh, it was last night. But Oh, it was last night? Okay. I have no idea what. Uh, after what, the show. You're giving, okay, after the show. Well, all, the, all I know is that Ari's doing this thumb. I'm big on hand signals. Yeah, he's giving me this hand signal with a thumb like You're he's like, hitchhiking. And I'm like, that? what are you talking about? You have a mic. Just Come tell on, me. It's just been, it's been just tell days. me what you mean. It's been ten days. You don't know what this. You weird got a microphone means. in front of you. <laughs> if you got something to say, say hey, Q. It was last night, dude. 
<laughs> now everyone knows. <laughs> exactly. So Ryan Clark, according to Ari, put out this tweet last night, it's and true. I thought it was pretty cool because, of course, it gives a, a opportunity for everybody to fire up. So this one's going to be the fun conversation that we have. What fan base in the NFL has the most delusional fans? And it's funny because the responses I saw on Twitter were a lot of Cowboys and a lot of Raiders. That's all I kept seeing was Cowboys and Raiders. That was the two biggest fan bases that I saw in response to Ryan Clark's tweet. But I'll ask you, Raider Nation, because I know you're not going to call and be like, Raider Nation, but you might. Actually, you might. And there's some fans that I could say have a little delusion to them, and that's okay. That's what being a fan is about. I mean, that's part of being a fan. We all know it's short for fanatic. So if you got a little delusion in you, that's okay, too. So if you call in and say, hell, Q, you know what? I'm delusional. Cool. I mean, there's a reason why we stick around, right? The, your fan base in particular, yes. You guys, you <laughs> Ari guys said, you're, man, he, looked, he looked dead at me when he said it, too, man. If, if Ari's looks could have killed, I would have died. I would have just killed over and died right because there. Because also, I didn't even look at the response. As soon as I saw the question, I immediately thought this is perfect for Raider Nation for the show specifically. Right. Because I know it's a, it's a polarizing issue. I, I get it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And Raider Nation is very, uh, you know, very passionate about, about their team. And I'm not mad at that all right, at all. And that's, I mean... Hell, that's why I'm I'm doing what I do because I'm I'm part of the part of the passionate fan base as well. And I know? will add, just this year specifically, though, I don't I think people will be perceived as delusional just because they're optimistic. But I think this is like the argument for this year, this season coming up because there's a lot to not be delusional about, right? Like it's in front of us, right? Clear as day. No, so. no. I mean, there's you know I, I believe that the the team has a, a big opportunity to to make some big moves this year. But I mean, hell, I I know. Well before I was doing any of this kind of stuff, any kind of radio, sports radio stuff, I remember every year was, every year's our year. You True. know, I mean, this is the reason why. And I had good reasons why. I had good reasons why they were going to win every single year until they didn't. Right. You know, I, I, could, I could make a good argument. That's when I knew that I was good at this. I was like, wait a minute. I could make a good argument that makes a lot of sense. We'll have to revisit this show like six, what, eight, however many months later, six months right. later, and see just how delusional we are. No, no, it's all Let's good. See. So that's one of the questions that we want to throw out there, just having a little bit of fun on a Tuesday. Uh, what fan base in the NFL has the most delusional fans? Again, I don't expect anyone to say Raider Nation, but I would. I am interested to see what Raider Nation thinks about other fan bases around the NFL. And then, I thought this was a really good question, and this was something that uh, actually was kind of asked to me in the barbershop on Saturday. I go to the barbershop each and every Saturday morning about 9.30. Uh, shout out to my folks at Indicut. We uh, sit there and hang out, cut the hair, talk a little trash, and, and all that good stuff. But had this question about what was your most memorable moment, good or bad, as a sports fan. But I want to put a little bit of a twist to it. What is your most memorable Raiders moment, good or bad? And believe me. There's plenty of good and there's plenty of bad that is one of those that sticks out to you that you'll never, ever forget. I mean, I think everyone's going to c- come back and say the tuck rule. I mean, that's a no, no doubter. I know exactly where I was when that play happened and all of a sudden, Greg Papa, you could hear the confusion in his voice like, wait a minute, what's going on? I mean, I, I, I could tell you I was on the 99 driving back from, uh, from the radio station Q97 there. It was actually located in Visalia. I was driving back to Fresno. I was in the car. I pulled over, the, over to the side of the, the, the road, and I actually kicked my door. I was so angry I kicked my door. Now, I don't know what my door had to do with it. I don't know what the car had to do with it, but I couldn't believe it. I had to pull over and kick my door. And then I got back in and drove the rest of the way. So that's, I think everyone's going to probably say the tuck rule is one that they, if they're, if they're old enough, they remember that one. But I'll take it back a little bit further. One of my most memorable moments was one of mine that, and I learned, this was the day that I learned in Raider Nation, and when you're at a Raider game, you never leave until it's absolutely over. 
And I don't remember who the quarterback was. Amy Trask, she corrected me on it one time. I was talking to her, and I said, man, this game is when I left early. And she told me exactly who it was, like, off top. It was the Raiders and the Chargers at the Coliseum. I think Wade Wilson was the quarterback. I'm not 100% sure. Or he came in. I don't remember who it was. Who I, I don't. I always get the quarterback wrong. But the Raiders couldn't even get a first down the whole game. And the Chargers has only scored six. It was the, I mean, you want to talk about the worst game. And it wasn't because the Raiders' defense was great or the Chargers' defense was great. It's just both offenses stunk. They were awful, Ari. They were awful. I was at that game. One, I was at that game with someone that I was not really cool with. And I wasn't that cool with after the game. I was cool with, like, on the way to the game. But it was, it just was a bad situation, right? Baby mama. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to so, ask if it was because of the game or something no, else. No, no, no. It was just Say her. No more. It was just her. <laughs> like my grandmother told me when she met her. Hey, son, just because it looks good and feels good don't mean it is good. Oh, boy, was she right. She can, she can, mess, up, she can mess up a Raider game. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when someone can mess up a Raider game for you. When someone can mess up your experience at a Raider game. it's not a keeper. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. But anyway. At the game, watching the game the whole time, and the Raiders could not score at all. So finally, I was just upset. I was upset with the situation anyway. I was like, let's just go. Let's just go, and we're leaving. No joke. We are halfway to the car in the parking lot, and all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell just happened? I get in the car, and James Jett had just caught a bomb. Just caught a bomb touchdown, and they win the game. And the Chargers had an opportunity to come back, but the Raiders stopped them. Because, again, the defense is stunk, or the offense is stunk. Defenses ju- were just out there. But that's when I learned you never leave a Raider game early because you never know. Now, I, I, I mean, if it's a blowout, it's different. But if it's somewhere close, like, you just never leave. And I always, yeah. in my head, was like, why would I leave? The game was one score away. Like, they all they needed was one touchdown. And the game's over. It was a miserable game, though. There's oh, not much going on. There was nothing going on. There was more going on between me and her in the stands <laughs> than there was. <laughs> that was the worst. That's what I learned then. Like, choose the company that you take to the game yeah, very no, wisely. Yeah, that oh. was all bad. That was terrible timing. That was just not a good one. And I can't. And I hate that I can't remember what quarterback it was. I always because I used to say it was Vince Evans, but it wasn't. Was this '98 Raiders win seven yes. six? Yes. Yeah, you're Wade Wilson. It was Wade Wilson. Was it? Yep. Okay. On, yeah. Uh, 68 yard scoring pass to a wide open James Jet. Look at this guy with <laughs> 128 I, left while Q was in the parking well, lot. Well, I was in the parking lot. Ah. I was in the parking lot. Great fandom there. <laughs> By the way, my no, son I've, my son was born September 19th, 1999. So <laughs> you could tell it wasn't very long after that, right? There you go. It all worked out for the better. <laughs> yeah. Did it? <laughs> did it? Depending on who you ask. Child's but you learned a very valuable lesson. Yeah, I did. And Multiple. now you're sharing it with others. Yeah. Who listening. Don't leave the Raider game early. If you didn't know. <laughs> now you know. Don't leave the Raider <laughs> game early. That was that was one that will always stick in my memory because, like I said, I that I just knew then you have to wait until the game is over. If not, you yeah. never know what you're going to miss. And I missed the damn touchdown pass. I was there the whole stinking game. Saw nothing. How long was the touchdown pass? 68 yards? Yep. They probably only had 75 yards of offense the whole game. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was awful. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, that you left that particular game, but nah. Yeah, that was, it was, it was bad news. It. it was absolute bad news. So, Raider Nation, let's hear from you. It, it doesn't have to Top be... That. It doesn't have to be bad like that. It could just be something that happened really good. Hell, it could be as early as last season, week 18. 
That was a very memorable game. I, the, for me, as kind of newer to this, yeah, yeah. That, that's got to be it for me. Just I, I all would the assume, way around, it was yeah. an amazing moment. Sports I would period. assume that a lot of uh, Raider fans here in Las Vegas, that would be that would be their most memorable moment, at least now, if, if they're just starting to develop their their fandom for the team and all that, because it ain't been much. You know, there hasn't been much memory, and that was that was amazing. So I can I can imagine some people that's what they're gonna say. That was their most memorable moment. But Raider Nation, I definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. We also got the Salmon Ash text sign at 69187, keyword R N R. Uh gonna check out a couple texts real quick. Geese mode said, Bro, it's us, man. Make no mistake, we are hella delusional. Okay, he's responding. He's responding to the the who's like the most that. NFL delusional fans. Okay, That's this self awareness. All right, he said, make no mistake, we are hella delusional. I'm ride or die, and I always defend the nation. But the times I bring up our championship pedigree, I have to break it to the tomb and dust off the cobwebs on the three Lombardies. Hella old. We need new hardware to prove the haters we're worth the salt, as you like to say. This is the year. Let's go, Raiders. There you go. There you go. Geesebo said, hey. It's the Raiders. They're hella delusional. And that's the one thing when you talk about championships, you're like, oh, well, hey, the team's got three. And it's like, yeah, but it's been a long time. It would be nice to get some new ones. You know, and, and I, I compare that to the Warriors. The Warriors had championships. I had just never seen them. And then it went 40 years, and then they finally got their first one in 2015. And that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is great. Can that, we do this again? Yeah, I can get used <laughs> to this. I like this. You know, and it's so funny because – such a long time had gone from when they had, had had won a championship to that 2015 championship. People always say, oh, you're not really a Warrior fan. You're just, you know, now you're just a bandwagon fan. No, it's like we've always been fans of the team. They've just always stunk. And, I mean, we've had to live with some really bad players. You know, like a Donald Foyle was a guy that I liked a lot. And I liked a Donald Foyle a lot because he tried hard. Not because he was good, but just you knew he was going to give you effort. That's what you want out of a star player right there. Right. And like he that's tries not, hard. Yeah, you want the guy who tries hard to come off the bench. Yeah. You don't want the guy who tries hard to be your starter. Chris Gatlin, it's like, eh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like guys like that, Eric Dampier, I hated that dude. Hated that dude with a passion. <laughs> it's like you've opened a list of like Yes, no, all these playing. all yeah. these players rolled in my mind that were gonna be Joe Smith. Like, really? Joe Smith? Okay. He's going to be great. Trading Vince Carter for Antoine Jameson. I never get over that one. For a guy who didn't even hold his head up straight. He got me going down a whole nother rabbit hole now. There's just so much, man. But when they were able to come through in 2015 and win that championship, it's like, oh, this is awesome. That's how a lot of Raider fans are going to feel when the Raiders hoist the Lombardi trophy. It's like, never seen this before. And even me, even at 45 years old, I was not invested in the 83 championship. I wasn't. If I, if I told you I was, I'm lying to you, and I'm not going to do that. I got way more respect for you than that. At seven years old, please believe I was not worried about the Raiders hoisting the trophy. Maybe some of you were. Maybe some of you were locked in at the Raiders at seven years old. If you were, kudos to you. But I wasn't. I was trying to play outside. I was trying to run around. I was trying, you know, I was just doing that. I was just living my best life. and had no worries at that point. So hit us up. Let us know. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. All day Raider A said, Q, the most delusional fan base has to be the Chargers. Every year they're talking smack, believing the preseason hype that every year is their year. My worst moment was obviously the tuck rule game, but I put, I put my foot through the Godfather console TV. And my best moment was in 2016 at Tampa when Carr hit Roberts for the game winning touchdown overtime, better, than, better known as the penalty bowl. All day, Raider A. It's my brother, man. I appreciate the text, my man. And 
Yeah, the Chargers, it's funny, man. I'm glad you brought up the Chargers because they are every single year, everyone talks about how great they're going to be. And I've fallen for it a few times. Man, you better watch out. The Chargers are going to be great. And for some reason, either injury or because their special teams unit sucks or something, they end up just not being that team, right? Last season, they looked good at moments. Other moments, they didn't. Brandon Staley, there's questions now. If, if that guy goes for it on fourth down too much, there's obviously a ton of hype for them again this year. We'll see what happens, but I'm glad you brought them up because that is one that they always, always are talking about the Chargers. Like I said, I've at times said, oh, man, the Chargers are going to be that team until they're not. Don't uh, put your foot through TV anymore. <laughs> Don't do that. Bad business right there. I, I, I kicked my uh, I kicked my car door at the tuck rule game, but uh don't don't kick your kick your foot through the console of the TV. That's all bad. And that uh that that penalty bowl game that you're talking about, the, the Raiders against Tampa Bay when they had over two hundred yards in, in uh in, in penalty yardage and over twenty something penalties. Man, I was so angry in that game, and then I was so happy at the end when when Seth Roberts caught that touchdown. I just knew the Raiders were gonna be going to tie that game. It just looked like that they were going to end up tying it. But when he finally, when Carr finally hit Roberts and he turned and all you could see was the end zone and you knew he was about to score, it was a wrap. That was unbelievable. And that's when everyone started talking about, hey, every game that Seth Roberts catches a touchdown pass, the Raiders win. So then, of course, we were like, well, hey, get Seth Roberts the ball. Get him the ball. Let him score. Because there was a point where every game that Roberts scored a touchdown, the Raiders won. So that was like all of a sudden becoming the new motto. Well, get Roberts the ball. He's going to score a touchdown. So uh, lots of good stuff right there. I definitely appreciate you. I know we got some calls and we got some more texts coming in, but we got D- Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He's going to join us next to talk about Nadamik and Sue. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. This is my new bet. How about the Raiders? $20 million Ooh. in cap space right Vegas. now. Rebuilt offense to compete no in the AFC West. You love no that tax situation. <laughs> An interior defensive line, to me, jumps out as a real need on this team. Because, of course, you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. What do you think? Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. That was Mina Kimes as she was talking to Indomitian and Sue yesterday on NFL Live, asking about the Raiders and... He was intrigued. He said Max Crosby and uh, Chandler Jones have both reached out to him today. Uh, he quote tweeted Adam Schefter's tweet that uh, said that Sue said where he might be in the future. It looks like the Bucks are out of the picture. But Sue did say he'd like to continue playing. He quote tweeted and said the Raiders could be fun. So right now on the phone lines, we bring in our guy, my guy, my brother from the 559, Tyler Dragon, USA Today. And Tyler, how you doing this afternoon, my man? It's been a minute. Hey, it has been a minute. I'm doing good. How you doing? Hey man, I'm blessed. I can't complain. We get to talk sports every day, right? We're in a great situation. We're doing uh, we're doing the best that we can. And I saw your report uh, about uh, Ndamukong Sue about the fact that the Raiders and the Minnesota Vikings both had interest in him. Apparently, both of them had had multiple conversations with them. What's the latest and the greatest? What do you know with the two teams? And, and as far as Sue is concerned, yeah, nothing is imminent. But sources did tell me that. Sue and his team have spoken with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Minnesota Vikings. And the belief is something could happen um, before training camp starts here in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, Those are the leaders in the clubhouse, but there could be some other teams emerging here. You know, Sue, he's uh, 35 years old. He's a veteran. Uh, He might be a, a little bit past his prime, but he's still 
has a lot left in the tank based on what he has done the past few years for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, for the Raiders, that will be a tremendous addition with their 4-3 defense and having him in the interior with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. When I look at the Raiders' defense, it's the interior that's really the weakness in their uh, front seven. Uh, and then, um, of course, the secondary is a, a weak spot to their defense as well. But really, the interior of their defensive line is really vulnerable right now. So I think he will be a really good addition in Las Vegas. And as for the Minnesota Vikings, it was a surprise to me when I heard the Vikings had a express interest. But when you know I look at their personnel and their roster as well, uh, they have a need uh, at interior of their defense. I do like their front seven with Daniel uh, um, Hunter and Eric Hendricks. Uh, Kendrick, they just, um, you know, got a, the Darius Smith in free agency from the Green Bay Packers, but who would be a, a big pickup for the Minnesota Vikings as well if they're able to uh, reach an agreement with them. Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, uh, the Raiders have traditionally ran that 4-3 that you mentioned. Under Patrick Graham, it seems like they're going to go more 3-4. And if they do that, how do you see Sue fitting in with Crosby and Chandler Jones? Well, see, he'll still be an interior uh, defensive lineman. I expect him to be that three-technique kind of that uh, defensive tackle. Uh, position. So if they do indeed go in that 3-4, then that's where uh, he'll lined up. He's not a really uh, a nose tackle by any means. Right. He's a uh, three-technique uh, defensive tackle, and that's him lining up on the outside shoulder of um, the interior guard. So uh, I do think uh, he would be a really good fit for the uh, Raiders. It's been an arms race in the AFC <laughs> right. uh, with all the uh, players. Uh, being, being brought to that division, uh, Russell Wilson, and, you know, it goes on and on and on. It seems like the AFC West is the best division in football heading into this 2022 NFL season. Yeah, I think it's going to be. It's going to be, I mean, so fun to watch each and every week when these two teams in the division, when they square up with each other. I mean, it's just going to be, like you said, it's an arms race each and every week. So as far as money, what do you think uh, uh, Sue at 35, knowing that he's you know probably on the last one or two deals that he's going to probably get uh, if they're you know, one-year deals, what do you think that he should be expecting or looking for as far as money goes? Well, he uh, probably uh, won't take a team discount at this uh, point in his NFL career. You know, he is a Super Bowl champion, but he wants to uh, sign a, a pretty sizable contract. You know, I expect him to be, you know, probably the 8 to $10 million range. I mean, sources haven't confirmed that to me yet, but I don't expect him to come cheap right. at all, even if it is. A short-term, one-year contract. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm thinking right there. And the one thing I've learned about this new regime is they have a certain price that they put on everyone, a certain amount of money that they're willing to spend, and they don't seem like they're going over that. And I just don't know if that's going to be in the ballpark that they're going to be willing to spend on on a 35-year-old Nadamika Sue, even though I do believe he'd be a hell of a addition to that Raiders defensive line. So as far as how much you think he has left in the tank, what kind of how, – how would a team that acquires him, how would they use him to get the most and maximize his abilities well you need uh you know obviously good players around him and i think the raiders fit that bill with max crosby and chandler jones rushing the passer they just need another interior 
uh, defensive tackle to pair with uh, those two players. So I do think if you have the necessary pieces around him so the pressure isn't on him to always stop the run and always stop the passer and not receiving all those double teams, a 35-year-old a man like uh, Ndamukong Sue will be able to uh, withstand uh, the grind of the NFL season because he's not uh, taking on double and triple teams at the interior because uh, a lot of the attention is going to be, uh, you know, put on Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. So that's why I believe the Las Vegas Raiders would be a good fit. And he's also expressed uh, interest uh, in public that he would be uh, interested in the Las Vegas Raiders. But teams with um, top tier or, you know, at least above average uh, front sevens and defensive lines will be good fits for Ndamukong Sue, especially this late in his career, because he's not the disruptive defensive tackle he once was at the beginning stages of his career. But he is still good, um, considering what he has put up on the field and on tape uh, the last few seasons. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're not getting you know Nebraska Sue. You're not getting Detroit Lions Sue. But still, you're getting a guy that's a hell of a player at this point. And let me ask you this, because I'm really impressed by the fact that he plays a position that, I mean, you're in the trenches. You're getting banged up. You're getting bruised and battered all the time. The guy's only missed two games in his career. I mean, his durability has been incredible. Yes, <laughs> and, and that's another thing. You know, he's an athletic guy. He's uh, big, uh, over 300 pounds, and he's been uh, very durable uh, throughout his entire uh, career. He's really been an anchor at defensive tackle no matter where he's at. Yeah, I, I, man, I just, I've been impressed by that. Again, if you go as long as he's been in the league and only missed two games, especially at that position, you're really doing some things. So uh, before we wrap this up, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on Max Crosby because one of the things that we heard Sue say is that Crosby and, and Chandler Jones have been reaching out to him and you know, gauging his interest. So basically they're doing a little bit of recruiting, but what does it say about Max Crosby that he's established himself uh, not only as a damn good player, but also a guy that has respect around the league where he can feel free to reach out to someone and try to recruit them to the team yeah well anytime a team signs you to a mega contract like the one of max crosby inc this all season that is a sign that you're not only a leader of the team but you're also you know kind of a spokesman in and out the locker room so you know as a leader of that team a leader in the defense and even you know on offense you know it, it's probably incumbent upon him to you know try to you know and um, entice people to join the Las Vegas uh, Raiders because he is uh, one of the premier players in the NFL now and a, a pro bowler and definitely a multi-million dollar man right. after he signed that four-year $95 million extension. Right, no doubt. And final question for you, what do you think uh, his – you know, what, what kind of year do you expect Max Crosby to have playing across from Chandler Jones? He played across from, from Unique Ngakwe last season and did really well. They, they led the league basically in pressures, uh, not sacks, but pressures, and those are great. So what do you think uh, he's going to play? How do you think he plays across from, uh, from Chandler Jones this year? Well, Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers, not only just in NFL recent memory, but, you know, of all time. You can make an argument that he is um, going to the Hall of Fame when his career is all said and done, and he still has a lot left in the tank as well. So I think this is uh, going to be a tremendous addition, uh, not only for the Raiders, but, uh, you know, for Max Crosby, he's going to be a huge beneficiary uh, 
from the Chandler Jones signing. I expect another uh, double-digit sack season for Max Crosby. I know his last double-digit sack season was in 2019, and he had uh, eight last year. But I would not be surprised if he had, you know, 10 or even uh, a career high and sacks in 2022. Nice, nice. Well, I know the expectations are high, especially after getting the big-time contract. Well, Tyler, great stuff, man. Uh, great insight there on Ndamukong Sue and what might possibly happen, where he may play his ball in 2022. You got anything coming out on USA Today that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, I'm always having articles, especially about the NFC West and AFC West teams, so always keep it locked on um, USA Today for uh, my latest work, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon news and updates as well there it is right there and i definitely appreciate your insight this afternoon my man it's good to catch up with you and uh we'll be talking to you soon thanks for having me on talk to you soon all right my man there he goes tyler dragon usa today again on twitter as he mentioned at the tyler dragon uh, you can get all his news and notes and all his work and uh you hear him right there he said you know the vikings he was kind of surprised by the Vikings, the Raiders. He, you could tell from what he's saying he sounds very high on what uh, an addition to sue would bring to that defense but they got to go make that happen. I don't know about the money. I think that he's going to have to uh, lower his expectations for a contract if the Raiders are to sign him. Not saying that he doesn't deserve bigger money. I just don't see the Raiders giving him bigger money. 244 is the time. We'll come back. We'll take your calls and text 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. I don't understand where the miscommunication is or the mixed mixed signals are, but the bottom line is Lamar's going to do what he wants to do, and he plays the game different, and he's also handling the financial side, the business side of the NFL different as well. If he gets a new contract, he does. If he doesn't, you know, people need to respect his decision to go out there and continue to raise his number. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. They're throwing out the question on the Sam and Ash text line. Also, the Rare Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Of course, the text line is 69187, keyword r Don't forget the keyword, or we won't get it. Our uh, good friends over at ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, they'll get your good uh, feedback, and we want to make sure that we get your good feedback. So hit us up. We've been asking a couple questions. One is a fun one uh, based from what Ryan Clark put out on Twitter last night, not today, but last night. Uh, what fan base is the in the NFL is the most delusional? Uh, we had our guy Geese Mode actually say the Raiders. He said, it's us. We're hella delusional. And that's how you know he's got Bay Area roots because he said hella. <laughs> I went to Texas and I was saying hella. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're not from here. I was like, man, you're a hella whack. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're a hella West Coast. <laughs> so we were good. We were good. I learned a lot of words here. I'll just say a I, lot of lingo. From can the, I I'm tell from the East you, Coast, for those that don't know. On the side of the Oakland airport, when you're going to get your rental car, it literally says, we are hella happy you're here. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does. It says, we're hella happy you're here, or we're hella happy that you're in Oakland, or whatever. But it's, it says, and I pointed to the wife, and I said, that's Bay Area. All right there in a nutshell. It literally says hella on the side of the building. That's awesome. It is. It's real. It, it really is. So that was one of the questions. What fan base in the NFL has the most delusional fans? The other question, what is your most memorable Raiders moment? It could be good or bad. You know, and, and I shared the moment when I left the Raider game early and Wade Wilson hits a big touchdown pass to James Jett and they, the Raiders win 7-6 to six over the Chargers. There's no reason for me to leave early. But I left. I had hella bad company with me. <laughs> I had a hella bad time. I had a hella bad decision. So I needed to get the hell out of there. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. But uh, I got out of there a little early 
because the Raiders came back and won. But we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Hutch. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, Q. So, you know, it's really hard to pick one that's the most memorable because I used to say if there was 0-0 on the clock and we have the upper hand and we won, it's good. But the Kansas City Chief game a couple of years ago proved that's not even true because we were in like three plays with zero seconds on the clock, right? Right, so yeah. The, yep, I remember that was so Thursday it, night football. Yep, and then I remember the Andre Rising game. That was, I think that was oh. a Monday night game. I was, it was like 11.45 at night oh. on the East Coast. So it's like, it's awful this but so I'm get I'm getting there with what my most memorable game is. But so in '80 I was 12, and I'm driving in the van with my my dad. We're not at home watching the game. We're driving. I made him put on the Philadelphia Raider game, and they won. That's how I listened to the Super Bowl. Right. Nice. Yep. But then in in '83. The last time the Raiders won the Super Bowl. This is a great story, but this isn't the most memorable. Okay. So in '83, I'm in a full room with only Redskins fans. Damn. And I'm full, and I'm due to go to work at 11 o'clock at night. Right. I'm out in Colorado, right? Yeah. And we're like drinking, and so I'm a cop. You're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So we won. I was excited. Me and my best friend, we spent all night avoiding our supervisor so he wouldn't know that we had alcohol. We were drunk. And then we had came off. A, we were like had a hangover at like 3 o'clock in the morning because we were still awake. Wow. Nice. I like it. I so, like it. There you go. So my best story is in 74, when I was 10 years old, I'm in a group of 10-year-olds. We're watching the Raiders and Miami Dolphins, right? And it's a back-and-forth game, back-and-forth Dolphins go down to score with like two minutes and five seconds. They scored one ahead. So like a 10 year old, I went over and pounded and cried on the stairs because my team didn't lose. Cause I only picked the Raiders cause everybody picked the Dolphins. I didn't know anything about them. Right. But then Kenny, the snake stable, Mr. Cool, right? Yep. Drives down the field and the last play as he's falling down, his knee is an inch off the ground. He throws it to Clarence Stonehand Davis. <laughs> who catches the ball with everybody trading over, but they win the game. Well, they didn't win it right then. The Dolphins still had that chance. That was my most memorable game. But as you can see, but like last year, oh my gosh, how many games like were you like cussing at the TV because we're stupid? Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, great call, Raider Hutch. I appreciate you, man. That was a that was good. That was multiple good stories. Uh, we like that there. Let's uh, let's hustle up and go to our guy Jeff before we close out the hour. Jeff, welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Oh, don't tell me you hung up on him. Did you hang up on him? Did you hang up on him? You hung up on him. All right, look, man. I'm sorry, Jeff. All right, man. Look, Jeff then called back. Yep. He was very patient, and now you hung up on Jeff. I don't know what I'm going to do with you, man. I'm going to have to call someone right during the middle of the show and give them the business for bringing you over here when you're hanging up on people. You can't be hanging up on people, man. That's a problem. I know the boss. <laughs> There's going to be a problem. Let me go to the text line real quick. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R, Big Dub Raider. The most delusional fan base to me is the Santa Clara 49ers. My most memorable Raider game was that 2010 Charger game at the Coliseum. I was there in the feeling the Coliseum shook when Tyron Branch uh, took that fumble recovery to the house. It was amazing. Go 
Raiders. Oh, now Jeff's back. Now see, now you're trying to rush me on my text line because now you brought Jeff back. So you mess up. I go on to the next thing, segue, because I'm a professional, and now you want to rush me on my text because I got to clean up your this mistake. This is not professional. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> come on. Come on. Jeff, my welcome fault. to Unnecessary Roughness. What's hey, up, Jeff. brother? How you doing, Q, man? How about stuff? Uh, doing good? Yes, sir. I'm blessed. Hey, I remember uh, you're talking about you know memories and stuff like that. I remember that Tuck Girl game. I remember how pissed off I was. But I remember I was at there a year or two after when the Patriots came to Oakland and Tom Brady got sacked and fumbled that football and they said, well, we got to check that. And I remember that they just overruled and said, nope, it was a fumble. Raiders ball. Stadium went crazy. But the one I remember, Monday Night Football, 2003, Brett Favre and the Green Bay mm, Packers. Yep. I was there. Ooh. And, man. I remember he is the only one that I remember. I've been a Raider fan since 78. My dad took me to my very first game in 78. I don't ever recall a visiting player getting the standing ovation and applause yeah. that Brett Favre got yep. when he was, his name was called and came out in that field after his dad died. That was amazing. That, was, that was a hell of a game. I was angry at that game, but I was at the same time like you. Like, you know what? Props to the dude. I mean, we. All, I mean, the whole stadium was roaring, plotting him, cheering him. I mean, you know, and that is, you know, and that just shows you Raider fans, you know, you know, show appreciation, even though you lost somebody, you know, especially your father, right? You know, and you come out and and destroy us. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but yeah, that that will always be in my memory of that game. You know. Yeah. That Monday Night Football. That's a good one. Hey, thank you for the call, Jeff. I'm glad we got you connected. I already didn't hang up on you for a second time, but thank you for that call. It's fantastic. All right, my man. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. That really was. And and it's funny. Nothing about that's funny, obviously. He lost his father, but I mean, you know, we had Father's Day just on Sunday. And so, uh, and we talked yesterday in great length about, you know, how your dad helped shape your your fandom. And so I just can imagine on Father's Day, you know, when Brett Favre thinks about even playing that game that he played, how, you know, you can kind of relate it to, to, to Father's Day. So I'll, I'll ask John McClain about that. We'll have him to start off the next hour. We'll ask John McClain about that game and kind of where it stands in, in NFL history. I know there's been massive games. There's obviously a lot of monumental games, a lot of games that you'll always remember. But I want to ask him specifically about that because Jeff is right. That game, as angry as I was that the Raiders were getting the break speed off them by Brett Favre and the Packers, at the same time, there was a part of me that was like, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that he's having a game like this. Now, again, if you had came up to me and as a Packer fan been like, hey, man, I would have, you know, I would have cursed you. I wouldn't have said nothing about Brett and, and his, his dad. I would have cursed you and told you about your mother. But, you know, I didn't. I, that's not how we roll. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that was a that was a hell of a game. So thanks for bringing that up, Jeff. I do appreciate it. 2.57 is the time. When we come back, we will be talking to the man, John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.